Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. It's the last week of summer, I believe, just about. That's Ian. It's me. I'm Pat. On the show today, talking about a Nintendo Direct, direct from Nintendo. We're talking about the official, official Television Amico read it back under non-corporate control, and and then the investors got an update finally about a week a lot late. Also tonight, an update. And then also we have a Patreon poll topic, and then other stuff happening. We talked about me watching uh, Van Dam in We Die Young on Netflix on the exclusive Patreon CU podcast at patreon.com slash CU podcast. Very interesting. Van Damme stretching his acting wings a bit, which he, he, he's want to do. He's want to do. He is. And it's good to see. It's good to see him having fun. You played some Splatoon 3, Ian? I did. I did. My weekend was uh, pinball in Splatoon 3, as usual. Came in third place in my tournament on Sunday. Oh, did you get a little medal? No. Uh, doing better, getting better. Um, and then oh, no. Splatoon 3 came out. Um Vonnie and I have both been really looking forward to it. Splatoon is one of her favorite games of all time. Maybe her favorite game of all time. And uh, I really, really loved the shit out of the first one on the Wii U. I bought the second one for the Switch, but it was kind of at a time where I wasn't playing a ton of games. So I never got as into it as um, the first one. And not for any fault of the game. You know, the, the additions and stuff that they added seemed great but i never really got into it so i just kind of passed it by mm-hmm. and when the third one got announced i was you know i was like okay i'm i'm ready to play this again i'm excited um the game is you know a lot of more of the same sure um but a lot of quality of life upgrades and little little stupid things that you can do that i've actually uh taken a real shine to um you know like customizable you know online cards with your name and the backgrounds and stuff like that all these little unlockables and now they have a locker room where you can decorate your locker like it's high school and you can put stickers all over it and organize your gear on the inside of the locker and stuff and you can go around and check other people's lockers and give them a thumbs up rating um (laughs) and honestly i think that's the part that I'm, i'm loving so much i'm spending all of my hard earned money on stupid stupid stickers uh and i'm not buying like any gear (laughs) which gear is you know important gear is far more important um than some dumb stickers because gear gives you all the you know ability boosts and things like you need um no in-game purchases or currency of any kind like that which is nice to see um one of the more popular modes from the second one salmon run is now available all the time whereas on the original one it would only it would go up and down intermittently like sometimes you could do salmon run mode and sometimes you couldn't it depended on when they were hiring and that's a player versus enemy mode where you can have up to four players and it's a you know survival wave type of game you got to collect golden eggs to to move on that sounds fun so anyways i'm enjoying it um i started off really rusty on friday and by sunday night Monday night, I was starting to feel a little bit more confident, and um, yeah, I'll definitely be playing it for a long time. Uh, it's, I think, one of the best new IPs Nintendo's put out in a long, long time. Um, it's just visually striking and very much stands on its own, kind yeah. of outside it's, of it's the, different. the usual Nintendo kind of world. Nintendo shooter, having a shooter in, in their little, little repertoire. So, um, Speaking I, of shooters, uh, 
Okay, I guess my I, my weekend doesn't count. Speaking no, of shit, I mean, no, your no, weekend no, does. does. No, it doesn't. Uh, so, I thought you already the, mentioned that. You mentioned the Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, I did that last night. But I guess I say that the weekend includes Monday now because of the podcast. It does. <laughs> uh, there's a TIFF, a Call of Duty TIFF between Microsoft and Sony. Uh, Sony, and we talked about this before about back when the Activision deal is going through, everyone's saying, well, does that mean Call of Duty is going to be exclusive to Microsoft? And I said, for the amount of money they're paying, it eventually should be. Uh, but, because it will make sense that since that's a huge part of the of Activision, right? It's Call of Duty. So Sony's criticized Microsoft's offer to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for only three more years. So going back to I guess the original deal uh, that Activision had with them. So this is got. I mean, this is so weird because it's like there's not anything that Sony could do to force Microsoft to keep Call of Duty on their console. Absolutely nothing. Um, so I think originally they said we're going to honor the original contracts and agreements, but I think they still are. But about, beyond that, they don't have to if they don't want to. Uh, so PlayStation boss Jim Ryan told GI.biz that Microsoft offered to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for specifically three years after the existing deal between Activision and Sony finishes. Ryan said that this was inadequate on many levels. Ryan said he wasn't going to comment on any of this because it was a private business discussion, but he elected to speak out and set the record straight because Spencer uh, spoke first uh, about about the eventually not being an exclusive, I guess. Um, so, uh, I mean, uh, what do you expect, Sony? Yeah. They're your competition? Like, what, what do you expect? Right. If, they, if, they, if they're going to offer to go beyond the current agreement, you guys got to take it. I mean, that's it. What are you, you going to try to try to shame them and be like, oh, you, our players can't play. We've been playing on Sony consoles for all these years. I mean, okay. Microsoft will be like, great. We just spent billions of dollars. I mean, okay. <laughs> That's fine. They can get Game Pass on on PlayStation. That's probably what they're, they're probably going to angle, you know. So I, I think it's, I think it's funny. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, again, what do you, what do you really expect here? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're spending that much, I still think there's a, a path to see that stuff on on Sony consoles, depending on how big of a juggernaut uh, Game Pass becomes. But I also mm-hmm. feel like the excitement over Game Pass is cooling a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Sony's exclusivity deal with Activision remains in place this year, which is why PlayStation users are getting a first crack at the beta uh, of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which starts in September. So those agreements are still in place. They're still getting done for the next few years. You know, so... But after that, uh, I think Sony's out of luck. I don't think it's going to be a thing. D twenty, you know, we love the Disney twenty three news. I don't. I think it's Studio twenty three. Is that why they call it D twenty three? I can't remember. Uh, I, I used to actually know the answer to that, and I, I can't remember. So D twenty three is their own. Uh, since Disney yeah, D twenty three Studio Showcase. So D twenty three. So Sony, uh, Sony Disney now owns like uh, you know a, a majority of the of the viable entertainment franchises on the planet. So they can do their own. You know, Comic Con thing. It used to be that you know you had Comic Con Hall H stuff and booths, and they still do they still do stuff. But now they keep all their ammo ready for their D twenty three. So they had uh, Mandalorian season three trailer. Um, they had uh, Secret Invasion trailer. They revealed the Thunderbolts um, lineup, which is uh, their version of Suicide Squad for Marvel. Yeah. Um, you know, basically all the tweeners and villains that try to do the right thing. You know, it's not really villains in the line. Where I looked like, no, these are all like kind of heroes. Whatever. I don't know. Well, they recently. Uh, that's fine. They re- yeah. Okay. Whatever. I know there's been different lineups of Thunderbolts. I'm not big into Thunderbolts, but it's just a shame that the actor died, uh, which then passed away. So there's no no Thunderbolt Ross anymore. Oh. He died. Uh, I think he died last year. 
Did he die last year? So that's kind of a shame for a lot of reasons. Besides the guy's gone. That's a shame. Because he's a good actor. I just created his name. Um, William Holt. Okay. William, William Hurt. William Hurt. He was great in History of Violence. Oh, uh, okay. As the, yeah. As the History of Violence? Mm-hmm. Great movie. As, as the baddie. Um, uh, what else we got here? A Loki new season. And then Daredevil, Born Again. But it's not coming out for two years. So they're probably going to film it next year. That's the only reason I like these announcements. Because you know it's coming. There hasn't been. It's been, right. it's been four years since the last season. Of, it's of, announcements of announcements. It's been four years since season three of Daredevil on Netflix, I believe. I think it was 18. It was 16, 17, 18, I believe, the, the seasons or something like that. Um, then they had the rights issues happen and they canceled the show. Then they couldn't do a show for at least two years if it was a Netflix show. So they said that this is going to be not a continuation of the former series because it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine you're going to have Bullseye back in some capacity. It was great in season three. And then D'Onofrio has been back in um, in uh, Hawkeye and as as uh, as Kingpin, and it, it's the same Kingpin kind of, but a little Disneyfied a little bit. He was sure. a little more goofy in terms of like things bouncing off. And if you, you saw that, no, right? I did not. I still Have need to see it? that. Hawkeye was good. I liked Hawkeye. I uh, really don't like Jeremy Renner. Oh, personally, no. I just I don't like him as an actor. I think he's. Oh, you know, I think he's pretty good as an actor. No, I, I, you don't I, like him as like an everyman actor character. Like no, no, he doesn't really do it for me personally. Oh. I, I actually don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's I, kind of fucking weird, but I just uh, yeah, I don't. I like don't like him as an actor. I liked him in Mission Impossible Four a lot. It's a shame he never came back because he was pretty good. I do need to watch those movies. You've too. never seen the newer Mission Impossibles? No, I heard they're great. Four is amazing. Oh, I say start at three. Three is like okay, these are the new movies. Yeah, three is where I'd start, especially because I'd love to see Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Yeah. But uh, four was like really fucking good. People were like, wow, this movie is this good. And then now obviously four, five, six, and now seven, like there's their own like continuity. Continu- right. Yeah. Because those are all the ones uh, directed by uh, Brad Bird. He directed, I think, most of those from Incredibles. And he, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Four is, is fucking cruise. On, and, and on the Saudi Arabia yes. fucking building. Yes. Uh, no, not, not Saudi Arabia. Dubai. Dubai. On, yes. Literally on the side of the building, that's, yeah, he's a nutcase, but that's why everyone loves him. That's why movies do a billion dollars. Um, what else we got? A, uh, Star Wars Andor, uh, Rogue One prequel. That looks interesting. Um, Fucking tired of Marvels. Uh, they did a new trailer for Wakanda Forever. I'm very cautious about that movie. We'll see. Indiana Jones 5 uh, had a first trailer. None of these went online, by the way. And then Harrison Ford showed up and started crying. He's like, thanks, everyone. And it's like, okay. Uh, Which is weird because Harrison Ford has never really been that like uh, emotional of a guy. <laughs> no, he basically hates Star Wars, but I guess yeah. maybe he likes Indiana Jones better. Um, uh, this is what I like: Captain America: New World Order, the new movie, bringing back um, Tim Blake Nelson as the leader from the Incredible Hulk movie from two thousand eight. Wow! Remember they set that up at yeah, the end. That's crazy. That is what gets me interested. That's an uh, the leader. Does that mean they're going to have Hulk in that as well, or because uh, that's like a, a Hulk villain, really? Interest. I just think it's interesting. Um, and then uh, the new uh, uh, Ant Man and Wasp. I talked about a lot of shit. Yeah, a lot I, of shit. I don't Avatar, think we need to go Avatar's through all of it. coming we, out we, still. We, Avatar's coming out. That's like a huge thing. Avatar's coming out. The sequel. You know, the only thing that I saw that I'm interested in is the Tron visual novel that was announced. So they're doing. Oh, they're doing the Ironheart series. Echo the Echo series. Okay, I, we'll see what happens with that. That was a, a smaller character from Hawkeye. Oh, shit, what just happened here? Something just dropped. 
Wow, we never had it happen ever in the podcast. My, a ghost pulled out my mouse and fell. First, first my, my headphones not being an Ian earlier today. Yes. Now this. Uh-oh, the game room's haunted. All right, here's a fun one. Ubisoft is pretending that they never got into NFTs, which is bullshit because we covered it uh, a couple of times last year. Going the back big, to last year with Quartz. The those big quartz. announcement of Quartz. And they released those uh, Breakpoint NFTs. And they, you so, said they sold like 12? <laughs> so it looks like a lot of them were given away. There was only 96 successful secondhand sales for those in-game items on Object and Rarible, um, which is like 96? 96 total secondhand sales out of they gave away thousands of them. And it looks like I can't, I can't, we can't pull up that old article, but there was that article that said that they actually sold like 27 of them and made pocket change. Sure. Pocket change. They made a couple thousand dollars. So, uh, Eve Guermont, uh, whatever, fuck that guy, uh, said, uh, we really look at all the new technologies. We're very much on cloud on the new generation of voxels, and we're looking at all the Web3 capabilities. We tested a few things recently that are giving us more information on how it can be used and what we should do in the universe of video games. Tested? So we are testing ground with some games, and we'll see if they really answer the player's needs. No, you full-on fucking announced this shit like it was going to be the next big thing. Uh, this uh, Ars Technica article, which was written by uh, Kyle Orland, uh, it says, you know, at the end, the weirdest part of Garamont's NFT remarks came when he spoke as though Ubisoft hadn't launched its first NXT, NFT experiment yet. The quote, we should have said we were working on it, and when we have something that gives you a real benefit, we'll bring it to you. He said, exploring doesn't mean launching. Jesus Christ. Idiots. And this is what's going to keep happening. Did you see that fucking uh, the news yesterday? Starbucks. After like yes. months of like NFTs just being dead and dry, Starbucks announces it. And I saw a lot of comments that echoed what I said. A lot of these late coming things are people who saw it at the time. And then there's six to nine months yes. of effort. You, into you got to do your research and you got to yeah. put it together, get the team together. You gotta, and then instead of scrapping it, they actually put the shit out. Yeah, they throw good money after bad. It's fucking, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, Just admit it was a fucking bad move, guys. But you can't do that because then your job's in line. It's like all the like, like GameStop. They're not, they're never gonna, they're gonna admit that that the GameStop NFT has been a horrible idea. Oh sure, it's been terrible. Ian, this is an interesting news item for you, right? So, vinyl in the UK sold better than PlayStation games. Yeah, I just, not a whole lot to say here, but it's just fun to bring up. Um, So Vinyl Beats Out PlayStation Games is the number two UK physical media. Um, (laughs) I just, yeah, I mean, it's it's two of my hobbies combined in this news article, record collecting and and, and playing games. Um, And it just, you know, it gave me a minute to really think about how strange the, the, the comeback of of vinyl records is to me is there a chart somewhere that has sales per year of vinyl i, I gotta see that there probably is but uh, you know it, it it started in the you know early 2000s kind of this comeback with you know indie bands you know putting more and more of their stuff on vinyl um as cds fell out of favor because people were using mp3 players they were streaming um you know they're streaming their music uh, you know, they could drop USB drives into their, you know, their car stereo and play MP3s off of it. So CDs fell out. And I think the, you know, one of the main reasons records got popular again is because they're, 
they feel more collectible. They feel more unique. They're big. The art is big. You can fit a bunch of them on a shelf. And I think people just like the feeling of a record. It feels more it's, substantial than a CD. It's, so, al- it's also it's also not an inferior um, format. Well, to some people, there's. I, I could get into a whole segment uh-oh. on that. No, analog I, versus digital. You know. The problem is most of these modern records are being pressed from digital recordings, oh, so, so you're not matter. really getting anything. Okay. And and vinyl degrades. Yes, there is a warmer sound to it because as you play a record over and over again, it it wears out a little bit, and it's a it it does create kind of a warmer sound as it as it degrades a little bit. But the whole vinyl records are you know superior. That is that's uh, elitist gatekeeping stuff. You think so? Yes, it is. I, for, I love I love even this. for how those these were originally. You know, we're talking I about sixties and seventies. If you're talking about the original stuff, sure, it can, stuff. It, it can sound great, but um, there really is no. I mean, the the best audio format is is flack just use just if you really care about having the the best sound possible, you use a lossless audio format like flack I mean, that's what you do. So, I, I mean, you have to understand. I, I I'm not saying this to be, to be abrasive. I'm saying it because it's it's that's kind of weird elitist thinking. Uh, I love the way a record sounds, but it is not objectively the best sound. Oh, I thought there was always debates about a vinyl versus CD sound forever. There um, is, and it, like I said, it, it, it with modern stuff when it comes to these digital recordings being pressed, it's kind of a. A, a moot point, you know, if you're not using the analog recording to make the the analog sure. master, sure. So, um, but yeah, that's neat to see. I mean, every every house, a lot of places I go now, when I go to someone's house, they'll have you know three to four records. Some people don't even have turntables, but they buy a couple well, because they see them and they go, "Hey, I like that," and it's a neat thing to have. Well, in the U.S. last year, almost forty-two million in one year. Forty-two million. That's nuts. Was it like a thousand people buying a f- f- four thousand each? Like that's holy shit! When you see that number, that's like that's like a lot of penetration into a market. So, um, recorded music sales peaked in nineteen ninety nine at nearly twenty one billion in dollars. Doesn't okay. say how many actual. Yeah, because CDs were like twelve bucks. CD then, sales per unit in nineteen ninety nine. CDs are probably like thirteen dollars. How many CDs were sold in nineteen ninety nine? In yeah, the sync uh, days. Yeah, it doesn't really say. All right. Well, you know where you can also get some physical media? UltimateNintendo.com. It's a good one. I like you, that. You can get some books that are physical media. It's fucking solid. You can get um you can get some stickers that are physical media. You can get the CU Podcast three pack of the limited, uh, the Danny and our cute faces there. And you can also uh, my limited button didn't work. Um and you can also get the Frank and Pat as well right there at ultimateNintendo.com. You sure can. Yeah. My soundboard froze. Oh, there it is. There it, is. it got caught up. He's happy about that. Uh, you also can get the RBI baseball stickers. That's physical. And the enamel pins. It's all physical there at ultimatenintendo.com. I'll be on Twitch Wednesday. Twitch.tv says country code. And I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com says Pat Country. I actually did one this week for a, a, a three-year relationship anniversary. Oh, really? Yeah. Very nice. How nice. How nice to have it hit three years right there. Ian will not be at my Twitch chat. On Wednesday, probably. Well, okay. not if not use the command uh, exclamation point Ian to see if Ian's in the chat. <laughs> you can use that. It's a real, real command. I think that's funny. Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell has been in the news. Mitchell. Um, Billy. Oh, Billy. Billy. 
Uh, from, from according to uh, this article on Kotaku, there's been a filing. Billy Mitchell says this article's by, article's by John Walker. Well, that's that's the U.S. Patriot John Walker, huh? Not the same one. Billy Mitchell, excuse me, U.S. agent. Uh, Billy Mitchell says his doctor won't see him because of Donkey Kong cheating allegations. <laughs> I think I think that would be illegal uh, to do that. Yes. By the way. So that's uh, I mean that's basically where I'm I'm uh, at on this. I I know that I think it was a Kotaku article said they reached out to the doctor and I don't think they ever got a response back. But I mean that's this is Billy Mitchell fucking crying like a baby uh, because if a doctor is refusing to see you, that's against their Hippocratic oath yes. and that person should. I, you would that's have a, a clear lawsuit if that's not true, and this is actually defamation. a real doctor's yeah. name. That's defamation. Yeah, what the fuck? So Billy? one way or another, there's a lawsuit here. Um. Meanwhile, I I think uh, I saw there was a final report or not a final report. There was a something put out. Um. Like I'm talking, there was a huge investigation. Or excuse me, a, a document put together, and I can't find it right now. I don't see the article. Like a fifty-page technical document about why Billy Mitchell's footage was captured in Maine and not a real, right? Um, it like when, talking about the the transition screens, transition screens and all that, yeah. How how the how the the CRTs fire on a ROM board versus Maine, uh, like it was like super technical. I skimmed it. I'm like, okay, this is this is like they could use this in court if they had to. It was like a fifty-page right. document put together by experts. You know, like technical experts. It was great. Even talking about like the the supposed uh, devices that Billy used. Uh, you know, they claim that they use certain devices to you know to go from uh, the board to an LCD and that stuff. Like they even said, "Oh, this was all you know, you know, BS and things like that." In there, so uh, I don't know where I saw that, but I saw that posted somewhere. Uh, anyway, uh, Bill, yeah, anyway, Billy's Billy's gonna. Billy's, <laughs> Billy's that's still the best. Billy's gonna Billy, I guess, when it comes to that. Um, yeah, Billy is definitely gonna Billy. Yeah, there's a lot more in this article, but you know, uh, Captain Intro's got to keep us moving. That's the end right here. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do it this time, but you did? you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so uh, the follow the following is um is kind of sad news um, that I'm involved with, and it's not it's not like um it's when we when we started to do the podcast, I don't think we ever saw ourselves being put in certain situations, um, in order to what we thought would be like either watching out for bad actors or trying to safeguard the community. I don't think I, I saw that being a thing when we started the podcast in sure. 2013. It's just like oh, we're just talking about games and being goofy, yeah, and talking about Ben Affleck being Batman. Stuff like that. So somewhere along the line, uh, something changed where we would get involved with some of these news, and obviously the Clique of Chameleon was part of that. Where we were, we we were seen as some sort of uh, if you if you hate the word influencer, uh, tastemakers yeah. when it came to what was coming. You like that better, tastemakers in like terms of that. <laughs> of, of what was going on in the community and what we thought about it. So in the past, I've had people come. To me with advice or news or, or, or just in private an email about watching out for news and Ian's the same way. But this happened back in January um, for an unreleased Atari 2600 game. Uh, I was emailed back in January 
uh, about a Tiger Vision game called Intuition. So this was an unreleased cart, and no one knew if this existed in some sort of final form. Tiger Vision put out a bunch of weird-ass games that Ian's probably come across at Loon every once in a while. Um, they had a really strange catalog. They were one of these third-party uh, companies that put they, out... They jumped in to make as much money as they could. And it's, 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 it doesn't surprise me. It's uh, This was related to Tiger Electronics, the makers of those LCD hand, handheld games. Okay, they were? Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, no, really... it, was, it was their video. It was their attempt to cash in on the video game craze. So they did games like... Um, River Patrol, which is one of the harder to find games. These sure. are all like very uncommon or rare games. Yep. Uh, Threshold. I don't know if I've ever heard of that one. Don't know. It. They did a, a Jawbreaker, which I think I've, I've heard seen. That one. I might have that one honestly. I've seen that. And they did King that was, Kong because uh, that was a uh, an Apple game. And they did King Kong, which I didn't know was a game. Now I'm gonna look that up. So so I was contacted by a Midwest half price books employee who said, "Hey, someone just traded in this game called Intuition." And they said that, you know, they did their research uh, and they said that this is a game that didn't come out, that there's not much information about it. And there isn't. There's not gameplay of this game online. There's nothing about it. on. I looked on Atari Age about someone having a prototype or version and nothing uh, about it. Right. And so they said to me, we're going to put this up for I'm going to I'm, 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 I'm a uh, paraphrasing. We're going to put this up for auction. I want to let you let you know that. Is coming up uh, for auction. And so, uh, what do you think Pat said? Uh oh, this is an unreleased game we don't know about. Gots to get uh, it dumped. Uh, that the community doesn't know about what's happening. So, within 48 hours after uh, I-, I talked to someone who's, you know, an authority on this, and uh, I called, I personally called the employee to try to give them, uh, you know, options. Uh, at at their half price bookstore, be like, okay, you got this game. Did you th- did you ever think about possibly preserving it? Sure, for the community. This has been a thing the past years, just in case they didn't know about it. Obviously, the the person was a fan of the podcast and knew about enough enough to contact us. But to contact us to help sounds like almost promote the sale because in the first in the original email was just like, oh, this is coming up for auction pretty soon. So I thought I'd ask act fast. So within within a couple of days, I contacted. So, um, in the original email, they they said uh, uh, they believe this only known copy of the game it seems to be a prototype which is being worked on eighty three before the video game crash because they talked about uh, how the label is peeling back a little bit and you can see yeah. a minor twenty forty nine or under there yeah it's a red cart like minor two thousand forty nine yeah. was um, and threshold was too uh, we had spoken to the person who originally sold it to us and it belonged to her late husband. So she wasn't able to provide any information to how she, she came to own it. So you, you have, uh, you know, this uh, this old lady that who knows if if it was an employee of Tiger Vision or just a collector that got their hands on it in past decades, right? And then they just traded into half uh, price half price books. So there was conversations had. They went back to corporate and had discussions. From my knowledge, about okay, let's not put this for sale. We're going to hold off on this and, and come to what we think is the best solution. And, and, and me and someone else suggested that it would be a good PR marketing move to show that goodwill towards the, the community that brings you stuff to resell. Right. 
and, and half price books does does a lot of business with video game stuff to maybe you work work with an entity out there you work you can work there's there's entities like uh the strong museum the uh, history foundation there's others that could help preserve this rom yeah and they said okay that's interesting we can discuss that or at the very least very least you can do you could always do a donation you do a donation and that's and that's uh, tax deductible. You can come up with the value that they, you know. Five one C can write you the value. Yep. And do a donation. There's there's ways to do this. And half price books comes out as a good guy, and you um, everyone wins. The community wins. This is a game that that gets preserved that we didn't know was even in some final form at all, and everyone wins. So that was back in January. Fast forward to uh, Labor Day weekend. Fast forward to Labor Day weekend, which was the weekend of the 3rd, 4th. Um, I received an email on Saturday afternoon that I didn't check my email most of the weekend that I checked till Monday. Saturday afternoon, with no prior warning from half price books, it was on up for sale on their website, the car. After not hearing from them for about seven and a half months, just on the website, like that. No forewarning. I spoke to... I spoke to People, one in particular, um, went to corporate, and then just for sale on their site. And so on Monday, I was like, "Well, how much is it?" Because in the site, it's a, I think you had to call the store uh, to get the price. And then, then I hear it was sold, and it was mm-hmm. sold within hours. Sold within hours on that Saturday, the third. Um, how did it sell so quickly? I don't know, Ian. Because supposedly not many people knew about this. And it, when I was emailed, supposedly um, there was only a few other media outlets informed about this at the time. So this is going to a collector, uh, I was told, in California that we don't know who it is. We don't know what they're going to do with it. We hope that they do the right thing and okay. have it preserved. Sure. But based upon what I heard, it was sold for $10,000. Very it's a quickly, a lot of money. It's for, a lot of uh, money for a Atari prototype, even yeah. though it's unreleased. That's a lot of money. There's not a lot of Atari collectors out there, and, uh, and 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 would think that they would spend that much money that quickly. That's why this whole thing stinks. I'm not sa- saying something nefarious was done, but the fact that there was no heads up given to me and others in the community to to either try to rally around and raise some money or to like give a last minute suggestion that this is not a good idea. Um. It feels it just feels shitty. Yeah. It's shit. Yeah. And I almost feel like if this was going to be the outcome, why the fuck did you even bother to, to like talk to me or list or try to like Well, I mean it's probably it's probably the higher ups. That'd be my guess. The higher ups are the ones who who made that call and I get it, but then don't give any forewarning out of out of courtesy and respect. And I'm not saying we could have raised the money that quickly, but maybe there would, be, would have been a happy medium involved, right? Is the is that was it was the the money that important versus the potential amount you could have gotten good goodwill and marketing and PR for half price books? Because now you have assholes like me that are saying you did a shitty fucking thing. Um, and you, I'm going to say straight out, I would discourage anyone from uh, dealing with half price books if this is the way they're going to act. That that's. 
All right. Well, you got anything else to add? I mean, it's. I mean, it's it sucks, but I I have a feeling it doesn't fall on any one person, and um, it's just a shitty matter of you know stuff coming through a a a place that deals in used products. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many things that could have been done with this. Sure, to benefit half price books, and it's short term thinking versus long term. Well, sure, yeah, absolutely. That's what I would agree with. Um, uh, I'm trying to look at how many locations there are of half price books. Yeah, I mean it's it's a chain. It's a chain. Yes. I'm I'm not at all surprised that you know, but I'm just not surprised it happened. It sucks, and I wish it didn't, and I wish someone had been able to dump it. But I mean that's that's what you get with dealing with chains. You just get people who are money minded up top who don't care. But like, this is why it's so weird. If this was going to be the outcome, this this was, this is the same outcome that would have happened had I never been contacted, I guess. Yeah. Why did it take several months to get to this point, and then it just comes up, and then someone buys it within hours? I'm not saying conspiracy, but that's all fucking weird. Well, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I, I um, think it's very obvious. Someone knew that it was going up for sale. They were told, and they bought it. I think it's clear as it day. It fucking stinks. It fucking stinks. And I, I'm not saying this is a microcosm for life itself and how people act, but it, it just makes you feel like shit that people couldn't see the right thing right in front of their face. Sure. And this is a big corporation and, and, or maybe there's individuals involved. I'm not saying for sure. Uh, but the whole thing stinks on ice and on ice. <laughs> I almost wish I wasn't put in, in, in a position to try to influence this to a better outcome. Well, sure. It's wasted time. Wasted time and effort. Wasted time and effort. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm not going to apologize. I don't think I did anything wrong. But had I known this was going to be the result, I would have pushed harder some, somehow. I didn't think it would be like, by the way, it's for sale now and it's already sold and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. No, that's that's ridiculous. It's like the worst possible outcome. So... To the person out there who purchased it, I just hope that you believe in proper video game preservation and you get it preserved. But uh, something tells me if they spent $10,000 on it very quickly that I don't know if that's the case. It might be locked up. Yeah. But. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if it's something that happened like that. Um... Great. So if you're a fan of Intuition, you want to see Intuition on the, on the Atari 2600. Buy finally. Com. What's that? Buy a com. Buy a com. If you look at the label, it says intuition. Buy a com. Oh. A-Q-A-M. Yeah. No one knows what that means. Little little brain. It's like a little brain program thing. Uh, but anyway, so hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it gets dumped. Yeah, they, uh, so Half-Life Brooks, uh, Books did their research about it. They knew what they had. And um, yeah, originally it was going to come for a sale on uh, the 20th of January. That was the original a date it was supposed to come uh for sale like it's like it's like you you, you hope you you tell the right people get the right people involved and, and then the, the right things happen but sometimes it doesn't sometimes uh sometimes greed prevails that's all hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, Ian, we yeah. had Nintendo Direct. We did, and it's a long one, so if we Let's... don't stay focused, we will... Never, ever make it through this episode. I know. Yeah, we got to go through it pretty quickly. Uh, the, 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 the first big... Th- I'm just going to touch on the stuff that's interesting to me. I'm not going through all of this. That's ridiculous. Um, first of all, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is called Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and it's out on May 12th, 2023. Um, I think that's a little later than people were expect- expect- expecting, but at least it has a release date now. I think people were expecting it to be released by the end of the first quarter, so I think by at the end of March. By the way, it's got a release date. It's got a little trailer. It's going to be very much, it looks like, in the same style of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone's really going to complain about that. Uh, Pikmin 4 was announced. That's coming out in May, right? You see that? May. Yes. Okay. Pikmin 4 was announced. Not a whole lot is known about it. Um, great for fans of the series. I've never really played those games. Well, that, that was announced, I thought, years back that they were doing that. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. But it's it finally coming it's out. It's finally coming out. Yeah, I thought that was several... Was that several years back? When did they talk about that originally? Can't recall. Uh, okay. But there that's is coming a, out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a... I, I haven't really played Pikmin, but it's, it's a cute little franchise, it looks like. There's a new Fire Emblem game coming out. Uh, I like the idea of the Fire Emblem games. I've never been able to get into them. Um, they are fun strategy-type games, and obviously they've become huge over the past few years, so that's going to make a lot of people happy. This one is one that I'm very excited about. It's Kirby's Return to Dreamland um, is uh, coming to the Switch. It was always one of the more expensive games on the Wii. Very popular. People loved it. Um, and I'm excited to have, you know, uh, readily available copies that aren't expensive. Bayonetta 3 got a new trailer. That's one that a lot of people are looking forward to. And that's coming out way sooner than I thought. I thought it's been announced for a couple of years. What? Now. Bayonetta 3? It has. Okay. It's a new trailer. And I was just about to say it comes out on October 28th. <laughs> I, well, I, before you said that, I said it comes out sooner than I thought. But when you say we sooner than I thought, I'm thinking I, th- I thought the trailer for that was first like two years well, ago. Well, I that. just I don't think they've ever announced a okay. release date. So when I, they, they, it's just it's one of those ones that are like, boom, it's coming out in a month. Okay, great. Um, GoldenEye 007. <laughs> oh, so this is going to be part of the uh, next, re- uh, I guess, batch of Switch Online games, which are obviously some N64 games. Uh, so that includes um, you're going to get. Uh, the three Mario parties. Mario parties. Nice. Pokemon gonna, Stadium. Pokemon! Both of them. Um, you're going to get that as well. 1080 Snowboarding. That, that's a first party. Nice one. Uh, Break your one. damn controllers. Plan Giles Goddard uh, worked on that. Genius Giles. Yep. I believe. And Excitebike 64. So you're getting, uh, and Pilot Wings. So you're getting some nice uh, first party games. So GoldenEye is a pretty big deal, and this is why. Because obviously, this is a rights thing uh, for GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. You have to clear it now with Rare. Uh, who works with Microsoft. They're a Microsoft uh, subsidiary. So this is why this is a big deal. This is obviously they're talking, let's do the right thing. Let's do this. So uh, you're going to get your online multiplayer and you're going to get your original GoldenEye. But at the same time, Microsoft is doing a release of GoldenEye. Remastered. On Game Pass. Or if you have Rare Replay, they said they're going to give it to you for free. Which is Uh, Okay, that is nice. So the one... That Microsoft puts out will be a, a 4K remaster, 
with better with like real frames per second, not like the three frames when you have explosions happening on on screen, things like that. And and there, there's and you're gonna get um, widescreen. So it's like this; they're gonna punch it up a little bit. But here's the weird part: the Microsoft one has not been confirmed to have online multiplayer, just local split screen. So the original one will have the online multiplayer on Switch Online, but the remastered one on Microsoft, this is re- weird to say, will not have online multiplayer. I feel like that could change with time. I, it just seems very strange to not have online for it. It does, because you think you'd want to play the more modern but one. It, it's know. like I said but, uh, earlier before we started recording. I, I mean, the single-player mode in GoldenEye was fun and was. cool, but yeah. that's not what people remember it for. Correct. People remember it for the multiplayer and basically only the multiplayer. No odd job. Don't do odd job. It's yeah. cheating. So I, I just, if it's 15 bucks, I could see people doing it again to play the story mode, but it's, I mean, it was neat at the time. It's not particularly special now. Odd job wasn't that short, by the way. When you go back and watch uh, Goldfinger, like, it's not like Odd job was short. It was, was shorter than Connery, but it wasn't like, like a two foot tall guy. Right. That sumo wrestler that was like legitimately fucking hurt Sean Connery in the fight scenes. You read about all that? Oh, like, yeah. Legitimately hurt him when he like was hitting him. And Connor was a tough guy himself. He was a like a bodybuilder back in the day. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, so, again, just picking up the pace here. Nintendo Switch Sports will get its free golf mode this holiday. Golf was one of the more fun sports on the original. I, I enjoyed sports. golf. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed golf. I think I did golf and, uh, on, uh, and bowling. Uh, bowling, of course, but I, I like the, the, the hitting. The baseball? Baseball, that's what it's called. Yeah. Which, which, one's, which one's not on that still? Which one? Boxing's not on it, right? Boxing sucks. And I don't think baseball's on here either. You know baseball? No, no, no. They took two, they took two sports from the first one, two oh. sports from the second one, and they said, I think it's, uh, I know golf was on the way and there was one other one, but it wasn't oh, baseball or please, boxing. Please put baseball. That can't be that hard to do baseball. Um, Wave three of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe booster course. Looking forward to it. I've been enjoying all the expanded courses. Is that the, la- is that the last wave? I don't have no. Name. There's six of them. There's six. Okay. Uh, Splatoon three is for Splatfest. Will be between. If you go to a desert island, would you rather take gear, grub, or fun? I can tell you right now that I will be playing on Team Grub. Team Grub. And then um, after that, Fatal Frame is getting a re-release. I love the Fatal Frame games. Tunic, which I played on Xbox Game Pass, is getting added to the Switch. Um, Harvest Moon remake. Yeah, which would be... I mean, there's kind of been remakes before, and it's... Harvest Moon is no longer done by the same company that originally did Harvest Moon. Okay. The Story of Seasons games that are coming out now are the games that are done by the original Harvest Moon team. That's the successor. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's the real Harvest Moon. Um, Front Mission 1 and Front Mission 2 are getting remakes on the Switch. That was actually announced a while ago. I'm really excited about that, actually. I love those games. They're mech strategy games. Um, and Jesus, there's a ton of games announced. Oh, this was the big one that I wanted to talk about. Just, you know, mention because I'm happy with it. And then it will be my last mention. Uh, Radiant Silver Gun. Finally. 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 Radiant Silver Gun alive later today. I'm so excited. Um, between the two big treasure shooters, Radiant Silver Gun and Ikaruga, um, I like Radiant Silver Gun a lot. Uh, Ikaruga, I was never 
huge on. Um, it's, you know, Radiant Silvergun is notorious for being like a two, $300 game on the original Saturn. Um, it was, you know, widely imported. People love it. I'm very, very excited to play this again because there was a remake that was only released on Xbox 360 uh, Live Arcade. So this is the first time it's been seen since that release. Uh, I'm excited for this is goofy. I actually want to play this, believe it or not. Fitness boxing, fist of the North Star. Oh sure, yeah, that could be fun. That so it looks like it reminds me of sort of like remember the punching arcade games, yeah, mm-hmm. like that where you had to react to it. I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think one, Steve Lynn actually mentioned that on Twitter. Was one actually a fist of the North Star, the one from the nineties that you punched? I think there was one that was yes, he did. I remember playing them in the mall arcade in the nineties, yeah, like late nineties. So that looks like pretty funny. So I guess not. Uh, is there a trailer after that one? I guess I showed it during the director. It has to be. So this is a ton of stuff. There's a ton of stuff, Ian. Five, we're five and a half years just about into the Switch, and they're still going strong. Like This is like the middle age of the Switch, but they're going strong. I think we got a few more years uh, left. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna space this out, I think, at this point. And you still got that Metroid Prime game sometime in the, before we're dead. So we, <laughs> is there anything, anything that you surprised that didn't show up or, you know? Pretty much what you expected. Surprised that there's still no mention of Metroid. Uh, that's, I mean, they started from scratch. <laughs> yeah, but even if you started uh, from scratch, it's been a long uh, enough time that I, I feel know. like you got something that you should have something uh, to show. I think they're, I think they're not going to make the same mistake twice. Yeah, they're going to be like, hey, guess what? It's it's out next month. The same sort of thing. So, uh, oh yeah, I think I'm into the Fist of the North Star. It looks very interesting to me. All right, cool. Uh, well, that's it for the uh, intro. I think that's not as long as I thought it'd be, but not short. We really kept it fucking going on the Nintendo Thank you, Direct. Cap- Captain Intro. You're welcome. I'm here for you. <laughs> the holiday season has a way of sneaking up on us. And if you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. If you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier it's a 24 7 post office that you can access from anywhere no lines no traffic no hassle stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs for more than 20 years stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses get access to the usps and ups services you need to run your business right from your computer with inflation on the rise every dollar counts protect your margins with major discounts on usps and ups rates up to 86 percent off Use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and printer. And if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing. With stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with our promo code CU Podcast for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code CU Podcast.
This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by EarthySelect.com, your source for the finest Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC flower, oils, pre-rolls, vape pens, cartridges, and edibles. Their premium adult-use products are crafted from organic cannabis and infused with pure and potent THC extracts for effects you can feel. Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC products are perfect for relaxing, socializing, getting creative, and going deep in the game. Plus, they are hemp-derived and federally legal to ship nationwide. Let's take a look at some of their most popular stuff. We'll start with their vape pens, which I love. Earthy Select's Delta 8 vape pens are packed with potent Delta 8, plus cannabis-derived terpenes. They have a stealthy ergonomic design that gives you a quick hit with no lag, making it perfect for gaming. Each rechargeable pen has one gram of Delta 8 THC, and is available in four great-tasting flavors like Guava Kush or my personal favorite, the Cherry Pie. I love these. They pack light and are excellent on the go. Earthy Select also makes THC gummies and candies that are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and taste great. They all come in different strengths, so you can start low and see what's right for you. Delta 8 gummies can be really relaxing and heady, while the Delta 10 is more associated with feeling productive and creative, so it's great for daytime projects or an all-night role-playing session. The Delta 9 gummies are really impressive. They have real-deal Delta 9 THC, and they come in sativa peach or indica mango. They have a huge variety on their website at earthyselect.com. All of Earthy Select's cannabis products are federally compliant and they ship nationwide. Order online at earthyselect.com and use our code CUP20 to save 20% on your first order. No limits. You must be 21 or older. That's earthyselect.com and use code CUP2020 to save 20% on THC. Ian. Yeah. Uh, the intelligent amigo. Oh, boy. There's been some news. There's really been some news the past couple of weeks. Somehow there's been news to talk about without anything to actually fucking say. It's very strange. Well, there's stuff to say. I mean, it is. But, I mean, there's nothing, like, huge going on. Um, however, first things first. Uh, obey your thirst. Obey your thirst. Uh, uh, give me something to drink. <laughs> the Lipton brisk. Hey, hey, uh, uh, over, brisk. Over. Give me something to drink. The um, the brisk, baby. The uh, Intellivision Amico subreddit. The, the official one. The official Amico subreddit is now back under uh, the people's control. Non corporate control. Non corporate, which should never happen in the first place because no, it it's against have. Reddit's terms of service to have corporate Reddits because then you have nefarious bullshit happened. Yes, like happened as they took it over, and we feel responsible because we point out that it was like unbiased uh that original subreddit within a week ian it was taken over by tommy and his fucking goons including that asshole zadok pay it zadok pay it you fucking piece of shit i know you're out there and you can hear this why don't you try you want you want to try opening a dialogue i want you to explain to me why you thought what you did was a good idea especially attacking us with so much fucking made-up bullshit try to say we were racist you fucking scumbag you're a fucking scumbag using your using the retro gaming uh subreddit that you were mod on to say just to post negatively about it, say we've fallen off, uh, things like that. Anyway, you're fucking slime. He was one of the he was one of the um, goons, and that Reddit. So I think what happened was the Reddit was abandoned, and then someone just contacted Reddit and said this has been abandoned. There's no mod work being done, and so it went to their control. This this uh, impartial person for the people, for the people. So they released on the Reddit a list of everyone that was shadow banned. Like it's not a it's not a small list, Ian. No. Um, 
And obviously there was a secondary Reddit that came up that was great and is great in television underscore uh, Amico uh, subreddit. But it's good to have the, I guess, the original OG one back into uh, the people's hands. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. And they're already posting about, like, the whole timeline of the A lot time. of these look like they could be spam accounts, frankly. But obviously, with 14 fucking pages of unbans, there's definitely a shitload of people in there that should not have been banned. Oh, I, oh yeah. It's... I remember that there were people were asking reasonable questions. They oh, were yeah. just tossed aside, obviously. So that's the good news there. And and I don't know what that means. There's like some repost from the past about someone saying entering the lion's den and things like that. With Tommy trying to ingratiate himself originally before it was taken over uh, by his goon squad. We'll just say. Uh, the other the other news to talk about, though, is that maybe Phil Adam listens to the podcast. Maybe he doesn't. But Phil Adam, a week late. A lot of dollars short had an update to the Republic Amico investors. The same one we talked about in the email. He basically did a nice copy paste job uh, to them on Republic. Uh, It it looks almost the same. I'm not comparing uh, both uh, together. There's no reason to read through it. I I checked. Uh, It's 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 there's no there's nothing new said other than the intro is slightly different. I'll just say this. It's strange that the bullet points are all marked number one. It's like he copy and pastes from like a Word doc account because, you know, I guess Phil doesn't use like Google Docs. I don't know. Uh, Talk about the licensing deal we talked about before. uh, Licensing Amico games. And he said, well, I'd like to thank you for your support and thank you. And thank you to our internal team and the external developers that work tirelessly to create a family gaming experience on Amico that brings people of different ages and skills together in group play. Okay. So this is, again, this is uh, between the last update and this one. We are talking, uh, was it four months since the last one? It was June to, uh, June to uh, September, Patman, July, August, September. It's been, it's been three months. Three months since the last update. Uh, so obviously he should have done this immediately and should have updated before, but it's the comments that are interesting, uh, because the comments, um, were allowed first of all, which is shocking because comments were not allowed in June. Right. So either Phil had, had realized that, Hey, the people that gave us $11 million deserve the right to speak out or he forgot or he, or he forgot to disable them. I think he forgot. Because so far, not giving anyone the benefit of the doubt. Because so far, there's been when we were crossing the 13th, there's been none. There's been uh, looks like no responses from Phil to anyone in the comments. Nope. So we're gonna run through the comments. I'm just gonna run through them uh, one at a time, as a month, and because I, I want to get into like the type of people that invested in this and the type of people that were basically uh, robbed of their money of their investment when it comes to this. Uh, the first one, thanks very much, Phil from Doctor Brendan, for all the hard work and the update. Yeah, all that hard work going on in the past few months. Um, Joseph says, this is kind of, uh, it's sad. It's funny, but it's sad because this really tells you the people that throw this money into this shit have no idea what they're doing, a lot of them. Not yeah. saying not saying they all don't, but this person didn't. Uh, and, and this person, this is the only thing they ever invested on in Republic, by the way. You can sh- click on people's profiles, which we're going to do. Joseph said, I want my money back or, or tell me to sell my shares. Tell me how to sell my shares. Tell me how to sell my shares. I've emailed numerous times to the email you posted in previous updates. That includes 12 emails with no replies, question mark, to no prevail. You are taking too long. I feel this is a lost cause. I don't want to report these to the authorities as fraudulent. 
You cannot even email replies back, so I see no communication. Now you reply. Now you can reply how. All right, some bad grammar there. I try to clean it up. Uh, Alan responded, good luck. You were told in advance that you could not sell your shares till the company went public. Uh, that's not true, I think, by the way. I don't think these were ever sellable shares to Republic. They're not sellable, Sure. Uh, by the way. So Alan here is wrong. Uh, this is all. This is like all startups. They're like a black hole till they actually go public. No. No, Alan. Uh, if you're a part of a startup and you actually have real equity, uh, you're entitled to communications because you're technically part of the company. The problem with Republic is they're not it, real shares. Uh, you're not investing in Intellivision Entertainment. You're investing in Republic, who siphons the money off to Intellivision, who hopefully recoups the money back to Republic, and then you get your shares. So Alan's trying to give advice. Alan has no fucking clue what he's talking about. So that annoys me. Uh, that annoys me. Um, first of all. So... No one, no one in any of this shit has any clues to what they're talking about. They all saw it as a fucking get-rich-quick opportunity, and it's all falling apart. Uh, none, none of these people know what they're doing. Uh, and then, and Alan, uh, uh, you check, Alan's invested in tons of things. 500 here, 1,000 there, 100 here. He did 1,000 in the Miko. Uh, and then Alan's comment, because I'm going to read some of these comments. You can leave a comment when you first invent, invest to sort of pump up the project. Alan uh, said... I like the idea of revenue sharing and a control a control that is easy to handle. Alan is looks like a, a guy in his uh, late sixties to seventies. Not trying to put him down, but Alan, you you're way out of your element here. You're like Donnie. You're way out of your element with the coming net, knowing what is an easy a controller to handle, and obviously the revenue sharing. Well, that's not happening on this project. Um, Troy said, thank you for the update. I look forward to seeing these on the market soon. Troy, you're not seeing them on the market soon, buddy. Yeah, you're never going to see these. You're not going to see them uh, for sale. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Troy. Uh, uh, Steven says, uh, by the way, not all these people are actually investors in the the, the product here. Uh, Steven says, I was given to understand that my 1,000 investment to get Amico and television up and running would include a complimentary, uh, complimentary game console. Come that time when production was finally brought up to speed. No mention of that return gesture to date. Am I still to expect that promise fulfillment? I don't remember that. Steven, no, Uh, no, 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 you're not. Uh, Two, um, here's the thing. I don't recall that ever being said. No. But, again, proving that people here have no idea what they're fucking doing and they should read. Um, But two... It's entirely possible that that was said by Tommy. Absolutely. By, I'm not going to say that it was, but the, uh, the man let so much shit fly out of his mouth off the cuff that who knows? Who knows what interview or thing they read and someone was probably like, hey, can we get one for investing? And Tommy was like, wouldn't that be something? And now this guy thinks that he can get one. And look at look at Stephen's investment comment here. And this is why I was we were so always pointing out the name of using in television versus the history of Mattel's in television. Steven invested $1,000. I invested because of Intellivision's history of producing. Intellivision Entertainment has produced this shit in my hand. That's yes, it. That's it. They produce RFID cards with uh, that go to unencrypted links, the promise of download games, and charge you 20 bucks each. Steven, this is all Intellivision has produced. Yes, what this you're thinking of is a company that does not exist and has not existed for a long, long time. You're thinking of uh, Mattel, who used to own it uh, 40 years ago before right. they sold it off. That's what you're thinking of. Oh, you're right. It this, wasn't a separate company. It was just Mattel. Mattel exists. And then they, then they sold to INTV Corp. Right. So this is what I mean. And when we point out to Tommy 
back then, he would be in the comments when I said this has nothing to do with the original on television. Not he would thing. say, we got some guys that worked on the games. Your own SEC fucking document said that it has nothing to do with the original Mattel or Intelligence. And you got these fucking, uh, these poor rubes that don't know any better uh, to invest their money. I pre- I remember Intellivision from a previous generation of games, and I'm thrilled to see them re-entering the current market. They're not. It's not the same company. It's not the same company. No, not at all. Your money's gone. No, they're not uh, re-entering the market. Someone bought the name. Sure. Uh, and then someone asked, named Jeff, I... I, I uh, I had the same investment, never saw it mentioned anywhere, meaning the free console. Because, well, I don't think it was. And then Stephen answers, as mentioned by Tommy in the very early stage of asking for donations slash investments into the Amico Systems Rebirth. He probably said it on some stream. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. He uh, probably mentioned it on a stream. Uh, and Stephen says, that return gesture fig- figured large in me, encouraged by enthusiastic granddaughter to make that investment. The whole thing stinks. The little granddaughter's probably like, oh, we can get a console, daddy, a granddaddy. And it's like, yeah, we can. Here's my thousand bucks. You get nothing. You get nothing. You get nothing. Um, and someone asked, asked for a source of Tommy saying that. Uh, Patrick, Patrick asked something very reasonable, as Patrick's usually do. Uh, I see things from both sides of the fence. On one hand, as we as investors shouldn't be kept so far out of the loop for so long. You're right, Patrick. Says, I think we play a significant role. In the life of Miko, uh, 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 Patrick, this company was dead in the water without these millions of dollars. Yeah, back in early 2021, it was dead. Um, and from the other side of the fence, if I were in your shoes, I would be doing the same thing overall. But where I think you missed was the perception that you were hiding things after all the grand talk we heard. So in the future, just suck it up, be a big boy, and accept the fact that shit happens, and keep your investors more informed. So Patrick's actually given too much benefit of the doubt. Yes, this yes. is not just shit happens. This would have been great advice three years ago. Yes, this is this is um, gross incomp- uh, incompetence, bordering on uh, fraud. And we don't know if there's been something that's been outright, outright fraudulently done, uh, you know, on purpose. But Patrick's giving them too much of benefit of the doubt. Uh, how much should Patrick invest here? In here, how much? Excuse me, excuse me. How much has Patrick lost uh, when it comes to this? Uh, looks like Patrick also invested in the metaverse. That's always a good thing oh, to boy. invest in uh, here. I don't think Patrick actually invested in this. I don't see anything on here. But uh, but Chris, I believe invested. Uh, Chris invested money and said uh, when he originally invested, said in quotes, "I believe in the CEO." Chris said, "Of course, this is a guy who got into it." Because uh, cult of Tommy, cult of Tommy. Yeah, this is a clear cult of Tommy, and so was his most recent comment, which was, "I hope you prove the critics wrong." Mm-hmm. Okay, you're uh, really holding hey, on, man. Hey, Chris, I'll I'll give you the same. They're offer. not. They're not going to. Chris, I'll give you the same offer that no one took that I gave to all these supporters, uh, betting cash money that this would be out at retail, and I'd give you odds, and no one ever took me up on that bet. That was a real bet. I would honestly do that. I would find a third party to hold the money, and obviously no one took me up on that because uh, even the, the sycophants on YouTube realized it wasn't coming out. Um, Javier says, this is great news. Phil, thanks for the update. Javier, it's not great news, buddy. It's not great at all. It's not great news at all. It's pretty bad news. Uh, Jeff says, uh, uh, Lombardo, do these delays affect my investment in any way? Yes, Jeff, you're not getting your money back. like that. There's nothing. The delays... Delays mean there's Jeff, nothing, Jeff. I'm really not trying to put you down, buddy. But when something's delayed, it it means you 
can't get something to market to even potentially get your investment back. That's how it's affecting it. It means you can't sell the product because <clears throat> Alan says, thank you, Phil, for the updates. Everything sounds fantastic. Alan, it doesn't sound fantastic. It doesn't sound fantastic at all. It does not sound fantastic at all. Uh, Alan's, this is, this is, this is a shame. And okay, this is Alan's quote when Alan invested. I, this is their grammar. I listened to the video today that I got in an email today. I liked and understood everything. It seemed like a good investment, so that's why I invested. I don't know this if Alan got the scammy Neil Patel backdoor investment video, but that sounds like that's what happened. Yes, here. that's that that's what I think it is. That's what it sounds like. That infomercial bullshit that got to invest. Uh, oh, you wanted to go over what Haley? Very reasonable stuff from uh, Haley. Questions. Uh, you see that? Oh, uh, you I'm want just, to read that? I'm looking up. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I just passed it. Uh, this is positive news, though. I have a few uh, questions. Will investors be given revenue share on the games you are licensing elsewhere? On what basis will the share be calculated? That's a great question to ask. And one that they certainly haven't put any thought into, I'm sure. Who is manufacturing the pilot run? Where are they being made? And how many units are being made? Great question. By hand, probably in a garage. <laughs> Is the same manufacturer of the pilot run making the first full production run? Also a very good question. Otherwise, how are you going to lift the... You got to make sure that the quality... There's got to be a control there. Sure. Is the contract for that secured? Do you have all the necessary parts in hand? How many units will be made? I have seen that you ceased your pre-orders with GameStop. Oh. This was the one that I like. You said you had 100,000 units pre-sold to retailers oh. with the removal of GameStop. What is the updated figure now? They never pre-sold 100,000 units. Those were purchase orders that were promised, but those those are worth only the freaking ink that they're printed on. Right, exactly. There's no there's no money involved. GameStop there, right? never gave uh, money to Intellivision to to buy a hundred thousand units. Right. They said, "Sure, come back to us when it's ready." And that was supposedly a, a combination of Walmart and other shit, anyway. That and who knows about those mysterious uh, purchase orders anyway? We never saw evidence that they were real. We never saw like right. a document saying, "Hey, if I was an investor." I say I want to see a copy of these purchase orders. I mean, get, I mean, and I've always uh, thought this, but given everything else, it, I, I'm sure it was just bloviating. Sure. Um, well, there had to have been something because GameStop had it up for pre-order, but I'm sure it was not nearly as much as. Tommy oh no, no, no! But the hundred thousand was always oh yeah. pre-orders when that was purchase orders. orders. Yeah, they try to conflate the two. Yes. Number five. Is there an updated release date for the console? If not, when do you expect to be able to provide one? Or what conditions need to be satisfied before you can do so? These are amazingly well thought out questions that I, I probably blindsided old Phil Adam. Uh, but this person probably didn't. I don't think they invested in this. That's why they're reasonable. Because someone asking these sort of questions probably wouldn't invest in this to, be, uh, to begin with. They were smart to know that something smells fishy. Yeah, they, uh, have, they have. Oh, they have a private profile. The the updated uh, release is uh, whatever you think in your head. Uh, there, that's the, the. There is none. There's none. None. Um, none. Uh, Luke said uh, we're almost through these. Luke said thanks for the update. In November 2021, when Tommy was still CEO. Uh, by then, he might have been out. By the way, uh, he made an official announcement on both his and the official and television channels accounts. That was the that one I really liked. Production had started. What are the status of these units? Um, um, they never said manufacturing started. Yeah, they said production has started. Formal production. Which means that that can Nothing. mean anything. That's that can mean, <laughs> hey, we had screws made to put in the console. We had this part made. We had that. It's just, it's just sketchy enough that you can't say that's probably a fraudulent statement. Just sketchy enough. 
that they keep it just vague enough that to, to string you along, don't cancel, don't cancel your pre-orders of the console. Right. We're, we're a real company putting out a real, real product there. Um, Chris said, thanks for update Google for news articles each week, but not much out there. Oh, no. If you Google, Chris, you can find some good uh, articles. You can definitely find some stuff, but, but it's just not going to be what you want to see. Nothing positive about your, yeah. your investment, Chris. Uh, Jeff says, thanks for keep, keeping us in the loop. That's a low bar. Um, Ryan asks, I'd like to know how I can go about selling my shares. You can't, Ryan. You didn't invest in, uh, in television directly. It's through Republic. You're stuck. Uh, nice. Sounds great. And then one more person. Uh, third person, Sean, I do need to speak with someone regarding my investment in the company in terms of shelling, in terms of selling my shares. I do need to speak with someone. Uh, Karen says, your investment is locked in. Refresh yourself with a perusal of your contract. Oof. That's kind of rough, Karen, but you're kind of right about that. Yep. Um, and then uh, Mark said, yeah, we're married to this thing for better or for worse. Let's hope they figure something out. Um. Sorry there, Sean. I think you are not seeing a cent coming back. Nope. Not a thing. Not anything. Well, I mean, unless unless these these great licensing deals funnel money back through Republic, that's something Republic is probably gonna look into once they find that out. And you'd be like, wait a second, are you trying to are you trying to uh circumnavigate our uh this deal with this? Like what's going on here? So okay, I'm not gonna say that they're not gonna see anything back. They will see pennies back, all these people. Sure. I will, you're going to see pennies back. If you if you say $100 back on a $1,000 investment, I will be absolutely shocked <laughs> to my core. If you see 10% back on your yeah. – uh, to recoup your original investment, I will be shocked. So it just goes to show you that uh, with some startups, including this one, you, you need uh, – Basically, people that either don't know what they're investing in or lower educated people or people that are just tossing out money willy-nilly in order to get their investments. You know what I mean? In order to – it's like playing a scratch-off to these people. Right. Yeah. It's no, a scratch-off. It really I'll put 500 here, 100 here, 1,000 here. And if one hits Ian out of the out of the 20, I'll be fine. That's an incredibly stupid way to invest, by the way. I'm not saying these are all these people doing that. But I can definitely see some of the patterns looking at some of these people's investments. Just like, oh, I'm going to invest in uh, a mobile uh, app, and then here's a, co- a cocktail company, and here's this. Just $1,000 here, 1500 here. Just toss it out and see what happens. Not, not a good way to use your money at all. Throw it in an IRA if you're going to do that. Throw it in an IRA. All right, that's all I got to say. Anything else? No, I think that pretty well covers it. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Oh, uh, we got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. You go, you spend a little bit of money on supporting us, and you get stuff in return, like the full video podcast. We do uh, bonus bits before we record every episode, so you can get some bonus Pat and Ian time. Van Dan this week. We do uh, Hangouts every month. Just did one this past week. I do... Uh, yeah, writings about once a week. You just did one about the bills. Just did one about the bills. Go bills! We have, uh, we have a pin club. Pin get, club. Get an enamel pin. And you can partake in these poll topics. All right, we have a better split this week. We have a sixty uh, forty split. In second place, that plucky that plucky choice is grading or reselling worse for video game collecting forty percent. Then in first place, console lot on eBay for one million dollars, huh? 
So this was reported on Kotaku about a week and a half ago, but it's significant. We don't we used to talk about these more often, but I haven't seen one this uh, large like this in a, in a while. So uh, normally I would totally skip over these. I kind of fucking hate these. I, someone puts up a huge video game collection for sale because honestly, they look like they always look like they're shooting for the moon and it's not nearly worth as much as they're asking. I can't tell you one way or another whether I, I mean, it would take me a long time to price this out, whether this is worth the 1 million. However, this is an impressive collection. Well, what is it? Ian? And it's not just video. It's, it's, it's not really focused on the games themselves. It is focused entirely on consoles and their variants. 2,200 different looks like boxed consoles. And I honestly that's feel a, like it's more than that. Um, but yeah, no, that's probably right. So that's what it says on the eBay list. Okay. So you can go through, um, you can go through the pictures and see everything he's got. Uh, he's got uh, the, um, he's got all the Turbo Express stuff. He looks like he's got every variation of the DS, the 3DS. Um, he's got all the PC Engine stuff. He's got every GameCube uh, system complete in the box. And then an interesting one to me that he shows, he's got all the Famicom stuff, is, uh, where was it? He also has all the Xbox variants, uh, 360 variants. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me on that is how he chose to display them, um, because these are not boxed complete ones. I'm sure he probably has the box and the complete stuff, but he pulled the units out of their boxes to display on shelves because they all usually have like different oh, art sure. and stuff on It does them. say that it's not 100% box. 99% are box according to you. You have the okay. eBay in front of you that says 99% yeah, of consoles are boxed. There are many new consoles. There are hu oh, hundreds of games uh, as well. I put it through Google Translate here. Uh, hello. After 25 years of research, I finally decided to offer for sale my entire collection, which I think is certainly the Jesus. largest collection of consoles. I Holy exist. fuck. It might be. He, I mean, he uh, breaks it down. I mean, the, the, the yeah, list we, is insane for colors and... Uh, yeah, it's 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 fucking wild. Yeah, I don't think this is now. This is not every single console that has ever existed. No, but it's a vast, vast majority of them. Yeah, I don't think this is like everything from like the seventies in particular, probably early eighties. I don't think because uh, like if that's the case, I'd, I'd have to see like all the Atari twenty six hundred variants, which those there's like probably seven or eight or nine if you include tele games. But this once you get to the eighties, though, I think solidly into the eighties, I think that's just where where this takes off this collection. He's got so many promo ones too that weren't like ever for sale. Like they had to be contest winners and stuff like that. Oh, what are they asking? I don't think we mentioned that. Nine hundred and oh we mentioned million. I think uh, I mentioned a million. Oh, well nine hundred and eighty four thousand hundred thousand euros, right? Um Pat Math about a million dollars. We'll just say. Yeah. About that. So that's what's being asked. Uh, I think it's funny. You can immediately purchase it. Just it's immediately purchase. Add to cart. Yoink. Um, yeah, there's no there's no best offer. Obviously, when you when you do things like this, people can contact you privately. The yeah. gonna get, someone's gonna know who this person it is. Bring, it bring, uh, it brings in it brings in eyes. Sure. Uh, I do not sell anything separately. Please respect and do not insist. For my Google Translate, I do not know any French. Um, they think it's the largest console that exists. I have in my possession 50 years of consoles from the from the first to the very last. Oh, so they, they, they claim they have all of them. Okay, they have the Odyssey, the original Man of Us Odyssey. I didn't see it on the list. Man, I have to read the list differently. I mean, that's part of Other. There's like an I think yeah. Other. Got it. The goal is to bring together all the models, all the colors, the versions, the commercial limited editions, uh, the, the limited editions under reservation, uh, the editions that can be only be won in the form of a contest. 
yeah. the advertisers, the packs, the bundles, European slash Japan slash USA editions. All these consoles are accompanied by uh, what was PVL mean? PVL signs, statues, terminals, accessories, a few hundred games, a few hundred games for all consoles combined. So you get a few hundred games in total. And then there's the list. And then there's photos on the Instagram account you can see as well. So that's like I said. So I I am in no position, I will say, to say whether or not this is outrageous or not. I'm not. Uh, whether the pricing is outrageous or not, this is definitely one of the more impressive collections I've seen. And that's me. why I wanted to talk I wanted to talk sure. about it. I got to do the pat math. What, what is that per? I want to make sure I have that right here. So we'll just say a million dollars. Yeah, divided by 2,200. Okay. That's obviously the easiest way to do it. 22. Four hundred fifty-four dollars a console. The games will take out four fifty a console. That might not be outrageous. I mean, when you take into account some of these super limited some of ones, them, right? Um, you're going to say, "Yeah, Pat, like a Sega Genesis variant's only eighty bucks, maybe or a hundred bucks, or maybe that NES action set's only a hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars, one hundred twenty bucks." Then I'm thinking, though, yeah, but then you got the Pokemon N64 now is probably several hundred dollars at least. You know, alone, like, or a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Then you have, um, you know, a, a Turbo a Duo, which is like probably over fifteen hundred dollars in the box. The Turbo Graphic CD is probably a thousand dollars in the box behind me. So you can quickly think about all the ones that are several hundred dollars retail or a thousand dollars. I have an APF MP one thousand, super hard to find in the box. That's several hundred dollars. Uh, even even crappy ones like a Fairchild Channel F. Those are probably a couple hundred dollars, 200. So like in my head, I can find a lot more at 450 or above versus ones that are dramatically lower. Uh, the, if, the, the deluxe NES one, I think he had not the test market one, but the deluxe one, that's probably complete four or $500. So it's not outrageous on its surface. I think I really would have to dig into this. Sure. And see. Um, and just one last thing I want to bring up about it because I found it interesting. Uh, the story behind it was that this was a person who was collecting before collecting might have been considered a thing. Uh, sure. And, you know, um, and then they stopped collecting in the 2000s. Well, so they sold their entire collection at the turn of the century. Uh, then they kept collecting a little bit during the 2000s, but not a lot. And it came to an end in 2011 when they stopped for lack of time and the difficulty in finding rare items. Okay. However, in 2018, this is the big one. 2018, they fell back into the trap of collecting after visiting Tokyo, where they acquired almost everything they sold okay. off previously. So what I want to bring up is the majority of this was done between 2018 and 2022. That's a lot of purchasing so in four years. They said the current collection dates... This is what's confusing. And the eBay says the current collection dates back from the early 2000s. I bought a lot in the period 2010, 2000-2010. Okay, so they did still collect, and the, they make it sound like he collected less than the Kotaku I article. think what happened was a lot was sold before 2000. Yes. yes. And yes, the 90s were sold, and then 2000 started again. And then it sounded like he they stopped from they 2010 stopped, to 2018. got the bug four years ago. So, yeah. okay. So it wasn't all in four years, but he, he sounds like there was a lot. There's something done to, to finish up in the past four years. I did not put a crazy amount. I estimated each piece of my collection, knowing that quite a few are new. Well, quite a few are new. Some are not found. I estimate at least 200, 300 pieces, which are absolutely not findable, even with the means. Because that's a bad translation. Without the money is what he's saying. Yes. yes. Or, or even if you had the money, you still might not be able yes, to get like the Like the APF MP1000 one in the box. They rarely come up for sale in the box. Uh, what if he has an imagination machine in the box? That, that, that box is like a shipping box. It doesn't matter. Um, well, I, think, it does. I think that with this sum, it would be impossible to collect this collection at the present time. 
finding this shit. That's if you're talking, you know, what do you say? Something like weird Xbox variants, original Xbox variants, yeah. and 360 variants, and all every, like how many different Game Boy variants are there between all different Game Boys and DSs? And so many, so many. Probably, probably like a couple hundred, probably when you when you get it all down to it between all the different Game Boy variants, DS, 3DS, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. You can get in uh, the weeds just on that. Shit. And some are and some are really hard to find. Oh yeah, like all of the promotional ones that yeah. were not for sale, or even just, I have some. I have like a Tommy Hilfiger one. It may not be. Uh, that's that's not hard fairly, to find. That, no, but, because that was for sale. Sure. Okay. I think you could buy. You could go and buy that at Macy's or J.C. Penney's or something. That still, was one that actually existed on the market. But you still have to check it off your list. Sure. I'm just box. saying, yes. like that. Like I'm talking about, like the Japan Airline Japan, ones yes. that, like you know, that sort of stuff, where it was literally just a promotion. Uh, there was an N64 that they promoted with with an airline, for example. Yeah, it's an airline. That's what exclusive. I was just talking about. Oh, okay, sorry, I missed that one. You brought that up. Okay. The J, I just said JAL, the Japanese airline. Okay, sorry, I missed that. Uh, and then and there was another one I think about for like a baseball team, for example. Like, there's some weird ones like that you got to go look at. Now I'm gonna look up Tommy Hilfiger one. So I guess the next question comes is this: Will you actually find a buyer for all this stuff? Like, who would actually dish right. out this money? Yeah, that's what you got to wonder. I don't know. Got to find someone who's crazy enough to just be like, click. If someone rich, sure. Um, someone that has the space. I think it's funny that how is it going to get transported? Um, do they say? Uh, I have no clue. How I guess you'd have to do batch shipments. Usually, it says like you know pickup only or whatever. Uh, a box Tommy Hilfiger Game Boy. For some reason, I can't find a box. I can find them new for like eighteen hundred dollars. Um, why is there an unbox? It's it's going to be several hundred dollars probably. For that still. So that's the point. Like, even these sure. weird ones are going to co- cost money. I think I might have to swap me, but I don't have a box for it. Um, I I, th- I got triggered by the fact that the shelves were those generic white shelves with the, um, the holes in the back that the, like the metal little things that come out. Yeah. You know I mean, the adjustable the ones adjustables. that you can buy at Target. And when I used them, they fell under the weight when I had them at, 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 the, at the condo. And when one fell, it dented my pristine Jaguar console box it was pristine from the swap meet and it put a dent in the top so like those you got to be careful but if there's enough enough of the enough columns uh, of the uh what do they call the column the metal bars the bars if there's enough bars to put the brackets on i guess it can sustain all that weight because these look like there are long shelves on this auction right there's a lot on these shelves they they go across for like 10 feet it looks like uh for some of these i'm looking at all the nes variants the action set, the challenge set, the newer ones with the red band on it. You have, uh, you have some European ones on here. It looks like there's the Hong Kong NES box right there, Ian, in black on the top there. This is impressive. All, all the, I think you said all the PC Engine variants yeah. on there. The shuttle, the, the PCFX, the cores, the CD-ROMs. There's the, there's the CD. Yeah. Can you find a buyer? And obviously, at this cost, uh, you're not, you're not buying this to resell it. Because the, the time alone to do this would not be worth it. it. Even if this stuff was worth, if this stuff was worth five hundred thousand dollars more than this, we'll just say, and, and obviously shipping is going to cost a ton. Um, this would not be worth your time to box list, sell list, get paid box twenty two hundred consoles. That sounds like the worst possible hell to yeah. do that. And then dealing with possible returns. Or things, oh, it got dinged the box, it got damaged. Uh, it says shipping may not be available to the U.S. I think that'd be tough. You'd have to put that in a cargo container, I would think. That yeah, that would be insane. 
You have to put that in a cargo container, I think, to ship this uh, over on a truck. Uh, like, like, yeah. palletize it? Bubble test. I mean, seriously, you'd have, to, you'd have to box each one individually first. Right. And protect it. And then put it on a pallet, I think. Yeah. I think that's how you do it. I don't know. I think it's interesting. And I don't, that's the thing. We're not sure. We're usually good at knowing when this stuff is a bad deal. I have no clue. This yeah. I, I have no idea. No idea. No clue. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Smoosack summer is slowly coming to an end, fellas. If you haven't been scaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. As summer comes to an end and we enter fall, keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for fresh ball fall. The leader in below the belt grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girl's pumpkin spice. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CU Podcast at manscaped.com. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to keep your sweet, sweet sack in check. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock, and give Gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need it for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Whether you're hopping in the shower or hitting up the lake, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Now that your sack is smooth, lather up with Manscaped's liquid formulations to get that fresh ball fall freshness. Use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay cool in the heat. Their soothing aloe vera formula is the best in the business for below the waist freshness and the clear drying formula keeps your sack looking and smelling good. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag that'll bring your comfort to another level at home and on the go keep yourself groomed from head to toe with their shears 2.0 a luxury nail grooming kit this kit includes stainless steel nail cutters tweezers and grooming scissors with the performance package your balls will be ready to impress but make sure you cover the rest with the shears 2.0 get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code cu podcast at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with our code CU Podcast at manscaped.com. Keep things smooth and fresh as you say sayonara to smooth sack summer and enter fresh ball fall. Uh, we got voicemails, Ian. We sure do. You go to anchor.fm slash the CU Podcast. You go, you leave us a voicemail, hopefully short, hopefully sweet. I like 20 second ones. You get in, you get out, you're more likely to get on the air, we'll just say, with that. Uh, here's our first while well, Ian checks his Twitter. Mm-mm. No, I was looking, closing up the half Pat, Facebook Uncle stuff. Ian. How's it going, fellas? J Bo from London here again. Oh, J Bo. It's been a while. Uh, quick question. I asked this a couple years back during COVID. Um, what's going on with the traveling lads? I want to see you guys out here, man, in Europe, Italy, London, for some Brajol, from some Morzarel. Oh, man. Look forward to hearing from you guys and seeing you guys out here, man. When's the traveling happening? All right, boys, take care. Peace. Uh, I'm sure there's there's the rare great Italian restaurant in London. I would venture to say it would probably not beat most of what you can find. Um, 
Are you on the East Coast or in Italy? I was going to say New York or Italy. I mean, I would love to get out there. I really, really would. I've always wanted to travel overseas. I've never done it. And uh, that would probably be a great time. But uh, a little help from the conventions, (laughs) you know, kind of necessary. So you tell your local convention organizers that you want to see us out there and we can figure that out. Like, tell your local cable station you want the golf channel. Remember those commercials like yes. that? Yes, uh-huh. It's like, really, I got to call and, like, beg? Hey, hey, cable station, I want this. Okay, it's your boy, Lamco64, again, from Nottingham, UK. Is there one from the UK thinks we're boys, I guess? That's part of the appeal. That's why I like I like these folks. We're all friends. Uh, I listened for a couple of minutes more and heard Pat say that the uh, Fantastic Four movie Roger Corman version that they did to keep the rights was really good. Oh. Now I'd like Ian to watch that and give his opinion on that. Okay. I didn't think I was going to say it was really good. I said it's good for what it was, the fact that they had no budget and they put it together quickly. Yeah, I don't think Uh, you necessarily said... like uh, It's not like an A-plus movie, but like it's interesting for what it is. And they put some heart into it for such a low budget. Like The costumes are actually really good uh, in that movie, for example. And the plot is close to the comic's origin uh, for both I Doom and for the Fantastic Four. So I'm like, Okay, on paper, this is would have been a, if they if this was a hundred million dollar movie, it would have been great. It was a one million dollar movie though. I mean, a million dollars can go a long way, I guess, back in the mid nineties, but you know, with inflation and everything. Uh, but yeah, Ian has to watch it. Hey, Pat. I mean, this is uh, John from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you're talking about that Thomas Rico, like playing in front of seven hundred thousand people, being like one of the largest concerts. Actually, Metallica, I believe, played in front of like one million plus people in like moscow russia uh they got like videos of it and all that stuff it's pretty insane uh white show i you guys later. oh i mean i don't discount that's probably true I, I was just thinking about just logically why would video games live which is not really known by a lot of people be ever get more than like a famous band like metallica that's beloved and been around for decades like yeah just just on its surface it doesn't pass the smell test no not at all it doesn't Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Connor from Saginaw, Michigan. My question is for Ian. Ian, from one former game store manager to another, what is one thing that you miss about working at a game store and one thing that you completely do not miss at all? Mine would have to be seeing some of the really cool trades come in. And my least favorite thing, ironically, would also be some of the hot garbage shit trades we get in. Thanks, guys. No, I mean, that's honestly what I would say. Like, I, I had a lot of great regulars that I enjoyed seeing. Um, they just, you know, uh, no offense to them. They didn't they didn't make a lot of the bullshit, you know, worthwhile uh, after a while. Um, but it's similar to you, my favorite thing was some of the cool trade-ins we would get. But in general, I hated fucking doing trade-ins. I hated it. Um, and pandemic time um, made that a lot worse. It was honestly one of the things that made me at first seriously consider and then leave my job was, and, you know, and I talked about that in that big segment we did after I left that uh, every, every interaction just start after during the pandemic and, and, you know, and right after when, when they op- things opened up again, instead of interactions starting at like a one or a two on the tenth scale, eight? they would start at a fucking eight every single time. Yeah. Even if the person was nice, everything started at an eight and what was yeah. happening, you know, partially what was the problem was, is these people wanted the money 
and that's understandable. And they want, they saw the prices going up, so they wanted money. But overall, people were just, it got more people to clean out their closets. And what you ended up seeing was the most common junk over and over and over again. It wasn't people, you know, bringing in their interesting bits because that's probably what they want to get rid of less. It was people being like, well, we've got this. And then, you know, that's how you end up with fucking 50 copies of golf on the NES or, you know, you know, 40 copies of silent service. It just, it, in, in, I've always said that you don't want to turn stuff away when you're doing trade-ins. It's not a great idea because you want those people to bring it back. And if you may, you, you know, you want them to tell friends about the place that you want them to come back if they have better stuff. And if you don't take certain things, they might, they probably realize it as being more of a, you know, more of a hassle than it's worth. However, There does come a time where you've got to be like, man, I don't need another bases loaded too. Unless you just say, I'll give you like 20 cents for it, I guess you can do that. We do, but it gets to be a problem with space and stock. Like, you know, you start running out of space. You you can only have so many shelves in the back. And I'm telling you, when literally something like gyromite or golf is taking up three stacks on a shelf, that's that's space you need. I guess you can't do like bundle giveaways or it's like, oh, buy 10 10 of these games for 15 bucks. There were things I always wanted to do with that, but I never got there. I would have, done, I, like, I would have taken, you know, I, even, yeah, I would have just taken, yes, I would have done grab bags. I would have done like uh, comic book style grab bags. Yes, that's what I, I that would make sense. And, and people be like, oh, I'm getting into this game for like two bucks each, even though some common ones, it's still fun. Some of those games, right. Basis Load is a good game. You know, there's a reason why there's so many copies because they were good. Most, most, most of them. I mean, I, I, Silent Service is good. You just got to learn to play it. People, people think it's like playing an action game. Hello, this is Gregory calling in from Vancouver, Canada, and I have a question for Ian. I just received my playdate in the mail, and I've been playing my way through the first season. I'm on week two currently, and I'm quite enjoying it. I've also downloaded a whole bunch of games off of Itch, and I've been messing around with them. I'm curious, are you still playing your playdate? Also, if you know anybody who happens to have the copy of Tetris that somebody made that got taken down by Ubisoft, I'd love to get my hands on it. Thank you very much for for taking my question. I'm sure that's probably around somewhere. You can probably find it. Um... So, yes, I am still playing my Playdate. I like it a ton. Um, I'm trying to get the exact names of some of these games, though, for you. Uh, let's see. What's that Flower Shop one? Uh, that's Bloom, which I haven't had a chance to play yet. So I still play Whitewater Wipeout all the time. It's the first, and I'm not saying that because I'm friends with the people at Chew High. Uh, first game on the system, exactly what I wanted to see on the system. I freaking love that game. I love trying to get better at it. Lost Your Marbles by Sweet Baby Incorporated Sweet is one that I still play. That's really fun. Um, Pick Pack Pup was a really good puzzle game. Um, Echoic Memory was interesting. Omaze was... I mean, they were all pretty interesting. There are a couple, though, that I haven't... Uh, Zipper by Bennett Foddy is amazing. I love that one. Zipper? Zipper. What type of game is it's, that? Uh, it's like a samurai strategy game. It's so... Huh. But it's turn-based, and it's... Oh, and it's okay. One, you're, you're one sam... It's fucking great. It's oh, like, wow. What, when I finally get my play, that, it's while I'm still alive, I'd love to play sick. that. Um, and then Saturday edition is like a point and click that I started playing, but didn't finish. Um, and battleship Gaudios was really good. I have not really played ratcheteer. It's a, it's like a space shooter, but you have, um, you have one bouncing ball that you shoot. It's, it's really okay. Neat. That sounds clever. The samurai one sounds interesting. So anyways, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great system. I would say that the, I'd say 80% of the games uh, I'd say 90% of the games are interesting and 80% of them are worth like revisiting 
many times more than just you know something you play once or twice. Sure. Hey, Pat, from New Jersey, yeah. You know, we got like Puck Brawl. We always we got uh, Battle of Trenton. Yeah, man. When you look over in New York, you stole Sinatra. You a-holes. You stole them. Anyway, what, what are your thoughts on um, driving Miss Daisy by? That was toy, by the way. That was toy. <laughs> Bye, toy. I heard Battle of Trenton in there. Going back to the. I, I have uh, never. Um, watch Driving Miss Daisy, and I don't think I ever will. I guess there. I guess Toy was doing an impression of the other guy, the Apocalypse Now thing. It was an impression of that, then throwing in Jersey stuff. I think that's what that was supposed to be. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Toy. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be in the comments, but I think that's what you're going for there. Hey, Penny, and this is Gizmo Hibiki from California. Uh, recently, I've been going back to my old DS games the... I've bought in the past when the DS was... That's their Discord, not mine, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, why do I Discord over? It's theirs. As well as, you know, collecting more recent ones, such as 3DS library. And I've been wondering with how well the DS games have been selling and been made, uh, such as Elite Agents... Uh, do you think there are some of these DS games, whether they be the first ones or the 3DS line, that would have worked if they were, say, ported to the mobile instead, or at least had a version of it on mobile? Thank you for listening. I, I think there's a so, lot of games that are on the DS that, yes, could have worked on on on, on mobile. I'm so distracted by the Discord. Yeah, I was too. The Discord noises like were like... 30 Discord things. <laughs> There was like three in a row at one point. Yeah, was, uh, close your windows on Discord. It was an assault on my uh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Sorry. so yes. some DS games could work on mobile? Yeah, yes, I'm sure they could. Elite, elite beat agents or whatever. Okay. Do a few more here. Um, hello, Pat and Ian. Um, my name is Jake, and I'm from England, Hi, a.k.a. the Lands of the Broken Teeth. I've been a fan of the podcast for a few years now. I'm sorry. I've been watching um, Pat's uh, content for the past um, few years as well. However, um, just to ask a question, this is about the state of retro gaming. How do you all feel about younger people getting into retro gaming? And I mean teenagers and like young adults in their 20s and such who wouldn't have really grown up with the NES, but they're starting to get interested in it. Such uh, that's great. Don't I don't gatekeep that stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it dies out. I think it's great. There's a, um, a particular fucking shithead that we don't like who recently went on a fucking man baby cry storm on Twitter about uh, young people not knowing anything about the games and this that and the next thing and they weren't there and uh, that little shit baby who shits his pants all the time and cries a lot. Uh, I mean, is a fucking asshole gatekeeper. Okay, I didn't really track that, but okay. So here's the thing: if if people don't play them, we don't live forever. Right. Yeah. So imagine, imagine if people didn't watch movies, for example, or listen to music before their time. Like then, the people that grew up with the Beatles, they're going to be dead in like twenty years. There won't be anyone left. Right. You know what I mean, thirty years. So like that's that's the point. Like you need I you mean, need this is, you this need is like young... so stupid to have to explain this to people. Right. Like like you need people to continue it on. Yes. I exactly. Mean, that's just how it works with entertainment. When you don't find those people. The hobby dies out. I don't care how they play the stuff as long as they play it. And don't and don't get and don't get keep how you uh, consume the media either, because that you don't you put those barriers in place as well. I don't want uh, be ever live with. Oh, you can't play, 
You can't play Mappy Land unless you have an original NES cartridge 30 years on. No, you can play Mappy Fucking Land. throw your ROM on your 169 yeah. TV and stretch it. I don't give a shit. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> we, but we, if that's how you have to play these old games, then if, play them. If that's the only way for that little 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 mouse to live on and, and it, it make sure when Ian's gone, he knows that mouse is being not forgotten, then that's going to happen, damn it. That's right. And I do a couple more here. Hey guys, quick man here from the UK. Uh, two questions. One, uh, Evo 2022 just happened, and we saw the announcement of a new Fatal Fury game for the first time in about 20 years. Oh. So if you could pick one fighting game franchise to make a sequel for that hasn't really had anything in years and years and years, what would it be? And second question, what musicians or bands or artists did you get into thanks to rhythm games? Because... As someone who was born in the late 90s, games like Dance Dance Revolution, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, as well as stuff like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, that actually influenced my musical taste quite a lot. Uh, keep up the good work and see you later. Okay, you want to do that first? With the... What was the first question? First question was, aside for, I lost the second one. The first one was, what 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 sequel for a fighting oh, game franchise is around? Darkstalkers. Absolutely. I would love a Darkstalkers sequel. They haven't done anything with that franchise since the late 90s, and I fucking love it. Um, so I would love to see that. Prior to this, I would have said Garo, but we're getting we're we're getting a new um, Fatal Fury. So that's that's taken care of. Um, and then as far as uh, music, no, not really. I, growing up, it was actually really fun for me. It was the opposite way. It was fun to see bands and artists that I listened to show up. Oh. Uh, on these things it was not i was not really being exposed especially in my teenage years like i was really 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 into music and keeping up on like everything and listening to everything i could um so this isn't meant to sound like uh you know uh i was hipper than thou but it was neat for me really to just see the bands that i liked end up on things like the tony hawk soundtrack mm-hmm. or to see you know electronic artists you know get a feature on a ddr game or something like that gotcha um. Okay, so what was it for? The, okay, fighting games. I have two, and uh, one's an easy answer, one's not. Um, I think I think uh, because it's, it was so unique and interesting, especially in, in how the graphics was, the gameplay sucked. But I think Clay Fighter. Uh, there's something there if if the mechanics were good. I think that would be nice to see that again with the same, you know, clay digitized, you know, graphics. I think there's something there. I don't think it would find an audience nowadays, but I think it would be interesting because I always because you play that game just for the characters, you know. Um, and then it's my favorite. You want to say I don't want to say it's even. You can't call it a guilty pleasure because there's no way to really play it that often, and most arcades don't have it. It's not like you go to PRG or you're going to see it. I uh, Time Killers. It's my favorite, just schlocky ass. Uh, over the top game. I have a board for it. They have a board. Do, do you? Oh my god! Do you really? Yeah. That's a JAMA board. Yeah. Okay. We're it needs playing. it needs another. I I, I got to get another like three wire harness to hook it up properly for the way the buttons are. But yeah, I have the board and it works. Oh, okay. Time Killers is interesting. I like the graphic style because it's sort of like it's hand like kind of hand drawn and just sort of like. I don't know. It, it, it's almost like, like it's almost like your like your uh, your high school friend trying to draw a comic book. That's like sort of the graphic style. Does that make sense? It's like a little simple, but it's like gory. There's the moves you can cut off the you can cut off the limbs and try to fight with just your feet or just your head. I'm like that's no other game did that, and that and plus it's all different time periods. It's that I like. It. I it's en- on the Genesis, but I don't know if the Genesis one's any good. I enjoy uh, the game, but there is a I mean 
really what it comes down to and it, it's just it's 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 a broken game the broken game broken you hit game. all the buttons to, uh, to charge swing. up and launch your uh your head lopping attack yes you everyone can, can do it yeah and what really ends up happening is you end up just trying to position yourself and everyone just goes for the head lopping attack, which ends ends the match. Yeah, I never knew how to do the thing the computers I can chop off all of your limbs and your head when you're dizzy. I don't know how, how to do that. But yeah, if you hit all your four attack buttons, it was five. legs and oh, your head. Two two legs, two right. arms, and your If you head. hit all five, you would just swing around and go for the head. It yeah. didn't always cut your head off, but it was more, more likely to. Uh, as long as it doesn't get blocked, it does it. It takes oh, the I head thought, right off. I thought sometimes it doesn't when I play that. Which game. is, I mean, like I said, though, it's fun to throw in and fuck around with, especially with people who have never played it. But, like, Lincoln and I used to get together and play the Genesis version all the time. And while it's still fun to do once in a while, it just becomes a one-move game. <laughs> it's almost like you got to say, don't can't use it. Right. You know, or what ruins the game. Let me see. The, I'm, I'm going to look at some Genesis gameplay right now to see if it looks comparable to the arcade. It's not as nice looking, but of honestly, course. it's it's all right. And unfortunately, that's, the, that's, that's sort of the curse of the Genesis. It was like... Like some of the earlier games, like Golden Axe looked like the arcade because they were. But once you got to the the mid nineties, they didn't look like the arcade anymore. Genesis couldn't do sure. a lot of yeah, that yeah. stuff. Well, the Super Nintendo could. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's toned down from the arcade. But yeah, that's the ones we like. All right, let's do one more. Oh, he's suggesting one more. I was ready to tap go. out. We're gonna do one more. All right, one more. All right. Hey, Pat Heen, what's up? This is Josh again with another question. Josh. So I was recently looking for a house over the weekend, and I didn't really like the house. It was kind of overpriced. But I was looking at the backyard, and in their trash, I saw a Super Nintendo box. And it's in really great shape. And I just said, you know what? I'm taking this if it's in their trash. Um, have you guys ever found anything cool, uh, video game related, in the trash or in the garbage? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, Josh, you committed a crime, technically, um, because if it's on the street, it's public, but not on their property in their backyard. <laughs> you technically <laughs> committed petty theft of the box. I'm not saying you should go to jail for it, Josh, but you can't just rifle through people's garbage and take shit when it's in their backyard. And what was the question? Was it, have we ever picked anything? Yes. Yeah, so have, have we ever picked it? I don't think so. I've heard stories of this all the time where, oh, I no. found something. I've never. Actually, no, that's a lie. Uh, lie for me. Uh, Vani and I went and picked a uh, Ikea cabinet that was perfect. Um, our friend called us, and it was behind the uh, the brewery that she worked oh, at. I thought he meant video game stuff. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, it, video oh, game no, stuff, I've got nothing. But I've I was got stuff just, in the trash before. Oh, okay. Absolutely, I've I've done very little of that. I've got like a I got like a storage desk someone threw out at the dumpster one time. You know, like like a, like a storage cabinet thing. You know, I think I've never used it. I think I know I used it back at the condo. I think I did use it, but no, I found stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. Nice share. I mean, that's how. That's how. If you're if you're young, single, you're moving somewhere, you, you go junking, or you know, people tossing stuff out. Absolutely. My first basketball was junking. Nice. Go through our stuff. But uh, yeah, you committed a crime there, Josh. Just let you know, you shouldn't be publicizing that. All right, that's it for the podcast. We're done. This was a fun one. It wasn't too long. I think it was like an hour forty-five. Um, we'll see you next week for more shenanigans and fun. And we then um, we forgot to remote the events we're going to be at. Well, I guess we'll do that next week. We'll be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yes. Uh, that is October fourth, uh, 15th and 16th. And I'll be at really rad uh, weekend, November 12th and 13th. And while I'm officially there is extra napkins, um, I will be bringing some of the uh, um, podcast, podcast stickers, pins, etc. Oh. So stop by no matter well, what you're into. He's going to do the pad heavy lifting. Might throw some shirts at you if you can fit them. Um, and I'll also be at Retropalooza. Uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth, the 22nd and 23rd of October. All right, everyone. Have a good day. We'll see you later. Bye.